You're listening to the City Lights Church Podcast with Pastor Jesse So Miller. yesterday was one of our first Saturdays that we had nothing planned, like no agenda. We weren't traveling anywhere. I was, there was not an event happening that we had to lead or be a part of. And Ashley wakes up and she's like, well, we got to do something fun today. I'm like, I was planning on watching Penn State and that's it. Like that was my idea of fun. Maybe mow the yard, which I did. And uh, she looking online and she finds NEPA Veg Fest. She's like, we should go to Veg Fest. And I said, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> That's, if you were here last week, you talked about my desire to eat meat, um, especially exotic meat such as giraffe. But anyway, um, you can listen to the podcast for that later. And she's like, let's go to Veg Fest. And I'm like, if we must, let's do it. And Ben and Crystal were there, so we met up with them. And uh, we're walking around VegFest, and boy, did Ben and I look out of place at VegFest. Um, so think of, like, every hippie you've ever seen on TV, and that's VegFest. Um, there's no meat, a lot of hippies, and they were doing yoga off on the side. I'm like, wow, this is not my people, like, at all. <laughs> but we're walking around, and uh, we see the, there's... Uh, the girls were painting rocks, you know, at this one stand. They had a paint rock stand, you know, that's, that's cool. And so it, took, it takes a while for kids to paint rocks. Not my, the girls, Crystal and Ashley weren't painting the rocks. It was my kids painting the rocks. And no shame if you're an adult and you paint rocks, you do what you want. But my kids were painting the rocks and it takes a long time. So Ben and I are walking around and there's this big stand that's vegan treats voted one of the top 10 bakeries in the world. And I thought, you're a liar. You're clearly a liar. In the world, do I need to remind you of Italy and France, known for their pastries and bakeries, let alone all of America? Vegan treats is one of the top in the world. So Ben and I walk up, and I'm like fully skeptic. I'm like ready to tear this place apart in my heart, you know? And uh, I'm looking, and like, these things look delicious. It really looked delicious. I'm like, I must buy a vegan treat. I get one for the kids. It's like a little party cake thing. It's like this big. And I get one for me. It's peanut butter and chocolate, right? And there was one that said peanut butter surprise. And Ben and I are like, what's the surprise? Like, it's not really vegan. Like, ah, we got you. Tricked you. And so I heard somebody else ask the guy, so what's the peanut butter surprise? He's like, the surprise is the peanut butter. Most people don't understand there's really peanut butter in there. I'm like, that's not a surprise, dude. You're just like making it sound more exciting. But anyway, so I, we get this thing, and it, it was surprisingly really good. I was like, man, this, this is delicious. I wouldn't say top 10 in the world delicious, but it's vegan. I don't know if I really believe them. I think it's all a scam. There's a skeptical side of me coming out there. But I'm like, this is, this is like, I don't know if I believe this, but yet it was delicious. It was, it was surprising. So I'm, I'm a little more enlightened today, I guess, to the vegan way of life. I'm not saying that's me. But anyway, we're walking by, and I see this T-shirt stand, right, at the Vegan Fest, or Veg Fest. And there's a T-shirt there. looked really cool, really well graphically designed. And it said, anything you can eat, I can eat vegan. And I thought, no, you can't. I don't think there's vegan giraffe yet. If there was, let me know. But there's not. Anything you can eat, I can eat vegan. I'm saying all this because we live in this society. If you just go on Facebook, you see all these different approaches to life, people with very high views of different things. So whether it be vegan, vegetarian, animal rights, human rights, race rights, all these different things we see as like on our Facebook post or whatever as like we should believe what they believe, right? 
We should understand their way of life. And so if you eat this, it's wrong. If you do that, it's wrong. But what, what do we do? And the truth is, you and I do have a responsibility and a role to play in cultural issues, right? Whatever that is, whether it's VegFest or something else really serious happening in the world, right? We have a role and a responsibility to play in that. And the truth is, you and I have to look and say, what is my role and responsibility as a believer and as a human in society, do I just blow everything off and ignore, you know, Sarah McLaughlin singing in the arms of the angels and the sad puppies? Uh, we actually, on our YouTube video, made a, a spoof of that like six years ago. Don't watch it. It was ridiculous. It was about home groups, and Ben was like a sad puppy wanting a home group where he belonged. Anyway, now you're going to go watch it. I thought about showing it this morning. I thought, that's a waste of time. But, like, we see these commercials for different things. You know, there's all different funds. There's all different charities. It doesn't matter if you go to Dunkin' Donuts Garrity's, wherever you go, at the end of your bill, somebody's like, do you want to give a dollar for so whatever, whatever this is? And most of us are like already callous going in, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, you know, whatever. But you and I have a responsibility in society, right? Do you guys agree with me? You guys already checked out? We're not all selfish individuals thinking it's just about me? We're good? Okay. The truth is we do have a response and we have to ask ourselves some major questions like, so last week we addressed what is the purpose of mankind? And we realize that God created us to know, glorify him, and enjoy him forever. And by enjoying him, we glorify him. When we understand that we get to live a life full of joy because we are made in his image to reflect him and to delight in him, to know him, we live a life full of purpose. We understand our creative purpose. But when we look at things like, you know, vegetarian, vegan, whatever, how are we different than the rest of creation? We have issues like global warming, whether you believe in it or not. I'm not here to debate that with you this morning. What, the ice caps melting, polar bears existing, zoos, our circus is bad, whatever. You see all this stuff, right? Am I the only one who sees this kind of stuff? We should understand what is our identity amongst the rest of creation. I know my purpose before God is to know, enjoy, glorify him. But what is the difference about me from the rest of creation? Animals, planet, plants, whatever. Scripture has a lot to say for that this morning. If you would turn in Genesis chapter 1, we want to look at what is different about us. Are we different? And what does that mean? How does that impact my life today? I'm thankful that Scripture has answers to these kind of difficult questions. Genesis chapter 1. Are we okay if we read some Scripture this morning? I, I was actually uh, in class this week in my, uh, working on my master's, and my professor said, if you want to know the mysteries of life, make sure to study Genesis chapter 1. I thought, that's very true. He's like, we can never study that too long. Um, actually, the first three chapters of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. 
and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. And the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetations. I want you to catch this line. Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kind, and trees breathing, bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for the signs for the seasons and for days and years and let the the lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light, light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heaven to give light on the earth, to rule over day and to cover the, the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm from swarms of living seas, or living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fulfill the waters of the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kind. And it was so. And God made beasts of the earth according to their kind and livestock according to their kind and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 26. And then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heaven, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with its seed and its fruit. Let's, I want to stop there. I want to point out a few things this morning. We see this crea- the creation account where God creates everything that we see and, and know, right? Everything that exists, exists in him and by him. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Everything was created and is sustained by his will, by his power, by his might. Everything that exists, exists because of, because of him. But I want to point out something here. When we see the creation, and, and Genesis goes through each day what God created, right? He spoke to something. He spoke to the expanse, and he said, let there be light in the expanse. Let light come out of that. To the ground, let fruit and trees come out of that. Out of the earth, let animals and and birds rise up out of the air, and out of the sea, let there be sea creatures. He speaks. God always speaks to the environment to create something out of that environment, right? If you look at creation, he speaks to an environment and says, let there be this in that environment. Out of that comes this. 
And he says it's good. Every time he creates something, it's good. So out of the sea, fish. Out of the air, birds. Out of the ground, life. Animals and plants. It comes out. And then he changes everything. The whole structure of Genesis shifts here in verse 26. He says, let us create out of us, out of ourselves, in our likeness, humanity. Let us create out of here, mankind. And then I love this. He actually says it's very good when he creates mankind. He changes from creating out of these other things. So God speaks, I create heaven, I create everything over here. I create the earth, and out of the earth let there be animals. Out of the earth let there be plants. And I say, that's good. Out of that came this. But when he gets to you, when he gets to me, he says, let me, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. This is the first wordage that we see of the Trinity, of the concept of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. He says, out of this community, out of my essence, out of who I am, let me form mankind. He doesn't say, out of that which I created, let there be. He says, out of me which I am, let, there, let me form. Very different. You were made in the likeness of God. And only you and I. Not just us in this room. Humanity. Get what I'm saying? Only humanity, only humankind was created in the image of the Trinity. Only us. All of creation is good and beautiful and awesome. But you and I, only you and I are created in the image of the Creator. We have something different. And he says it's very good. Very good. Everything else is good. We're very good. It's beautiful. You were created out of the environment of him. Let me say this. God spoke to the environment of himself and created mankind. So the next time somebody says, we're just the products of our environment, say, yes, I am. But my environment is the Holy Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are not the product of your home, your childhood, your job, society, politics, whatever, sexual revolutions or business structures or financial degrees or or your schooling. You're not the product of Scranton University, Marywood University, Yale, Princeton. You are not the product of that. You are the product of God himself. Created you for his glory and his likeness. that's, That's the environment you were created in. You were created in that environment. You are not what you experience. You are not the environment of your situation. Some of you have walked through some pretty rough and weird and strange and unique situations lately. You are not the product of the situation or situations. You are the product of God. That's the essence that you have. Nothing else in all creation can say this. Like, we have a cat, right? I never thought in my life that I'd have a cat. I was a dog lover my whole childhood, and my wife had a cat. And so I have a cat. And I got the name of the cat because the old cat died, and we replaced that cat with the one that looks the same. But that one was a girl. This one's a male, but they look the same. And so I get to name it. It's Leonidas, which is a Spartan warrior. We call him Leo for short. You know, if I'm having a cat, I'm naming it after something masculine and fun and strong. 
I am made of something very different than my cat is. We take care of the cat, we pet the cat, we feed the cat, we love the cat, right? We do. I unfortunately do love the cat on some days. Yesterday when it puked on the porch, I did not love it as much, but I do love the cat. I, stu- I, I love my dog as a kid. My dog was like my best friend, but there's something very different between me and my dog. And it's found here in Genesis chapter 1, that when he created me, he said, you're in my image. You're in my image. You have my likeness, and you're very good. You're very good. And not only are we different because of the essence that we're from, we're also different because of the purpose that he created us. If you look at the very next section, what does it say? That you and I are to have dominion over everything. The fish, the birds, the air, the land, the sea, everything you and I are to have dominion over. Why? Because you and I are created in his likeness to reflect his glory on the earth. He has given us the earth. From the very foundation of creation, he gave the earth to the sons of men. He gave the earth to you and I to reflect his glory, to enjoy it, to enjoy the earth, to enjoy the creation. Make sense? You and I should enjoy pets and animals, and we should steward it. We should take care of this earth. We should take care of the world that God has given us. Stewards. He's a good father. If we reflect the perfect loving father, we should take care of those things and not be cruel to it, right? A good father is not cruel. Everybody, we all on the same page here? All right, I'm not even going by my notes. I'm just speaking here. So I'm sorry if this is a little random this morning for you. See, if we, if we, when we fail to recognize, let let me say this actually. So nothing in all creation has this same essence we don't none of us have the same value right or nothing else except for us what's the first thing that the enemy tried to attack in the garden what's the first thing he goes to eve and he says did god really say you'll die if you eat this you'll be like him eat this you'll be like him he went right for us thinking we're not like him and god said i made you in my image you are already like me. You are already me on the earth. And so when we begin to think that we're not like him, not created in his image, where we're not his glory on the earth, then we fall into all kinds of issues of trying to achieve some kind of higher glory. And then sin and pride and lust and greed take root in her heart. And that's why we have an earth full of wickedness. When we fail to recognize our position in his image above creation and under his rule, that's when sin and death enter into our hearts. You were created to reflect him and to rule with him. When people ask me about my eschatology, which is a fancy word of saying what I believe about the end of all things, is it going to be fire, brimstone, is it going to be death, destruction, is it going to be what, whatever, Jesus coming on a cloud, us going in the clouds, whatever the eschatology, the end of things, Right? When people ask me about that, I have really one answer, that he is coming back like he promised and that we rule and reign with him. Every time in scripture we see at the beginning and at the end, he gives us the earth. He gives us dominion under him, but from him. He gives us dominion. He gives us the responsibility to steward this beautiful creation, right? We are different than the angels. We're higher than the angels. We're higher than anything on the earth because we are created in his likeness to rule and reign from heaven. 
So what does it look like for us to know that we are separate from all creation, but yet in his image? I want to look at verse 26 through 28 again. He said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. I love that he says this twice, but differently. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over everything. When else in creation does God stop and bless? When else does God stop and bless something that he creates? I don't see it. He creates, and he says it's good. And then he stops, says it's very good. I bless you. I'm blessing. I'm pouring my blessing. Now have dominion. Rule, reign. We have a unique position You have a unique position. You have to personalize this, okay? You have a unique position to have dominion on the earth. We are free to use the land for the benefit of mankind while protecting something he's given us, okay? You and I can use what he's given us and at the same time protect and steward it. We don't waste what God's given us. Now, I know I kind of joked about what, how does this affect things like vegetarian or, or carnivore, like I, I myself am. I would be a carnivore, I guess. Will is the definition of a carnivore. He doesn't touch green things. I like green things, too. I enjoy all of food. Anyway, we, we have this freedom to love and to protect, though, animals, or we have the freedom to eat them. Never from a position of false praise thinking that something is what it's not, or from the position of cruelty. cruelty. You don't hunt. I, I never understood fishing. I just don't. I understand fishing if you're going to eat the food. I don't understand it personally if you're a fisher and you throw it back. I'm just like, give me that. I will eat it. Like I, I, you just tortured the fish for no reason at all. I don't understand. So I'm, I'm, that's my opinion. I'm not saying that's Bible. I'm just saying it's my opinion. Okay. Romans 14 Acts 10 and 11 tells us that you and I have this position where we are allowed, we are able to eat meat. We are allowed to do that. But we also have to steward and love all of his creation. We are not cruel to it. We are not wasteful with it. We steward and love and cherish everything he's created. Make sense? We go through our, we're kind of walking through our catechism, what we call it, right? Right now, the foundations of what we believe. And if, if you could sum up and wor- verbalize what we're talking about this morning. Point number four of our catechism is what, what distinguished mankind from creation? Distinct from the rest of creation, God formed mankind in his own image to share his glory and to rule over the rest of creation as his ambassadors. So you and I were put on earth to be the reflection, to be the ambassador of heaven. And that has not stopped because of the fall. If anything, that's been restarted and renewed because of Christ. Over and over again, he calls us his ambassadors in the New Testament. We are ambassadors for him. Ambassadors of reconciliation. Ambassadors of his love. Children of his love. Children that carry and reflect him. We are supposed to be known by love. If we don't have love for one another, he says, the scripture says, then I would say you don't even know who God is. If you don't have love, you don't know the Father. 
You and I are to partner with being the expression of the Father on the earth, and that has to affect everything. See, I, I love nature. I love pets. I love going for hikes. I'm a backpacker. I love that stuff. And I see him in all of his creation, but I also know that I have a responsibility to take care of it, to steward it, protect it, and yet utilize it, to have dominion. Only you and I were formed from the environment of the holy. Everything else was come from a spoken word. You and I, the Holy Spirit breathed into, gave Numa life presence. Make sense? You have his presence in you. You are a reflection of his image. You are to reflect him. We have to reflect him as a good creator, a good father who loves us. This morning, I want to ask you a few questions. First about yourself. Do you see him as made in his image? Do you see, do you, see you as made in his image? Do you see the value that you carry? That you're above all other creation. That you have the privilege and responsibility to have what nothing else in all the world has. Like I said a few weeks ago, I went to the Grand Canyon, and it's amazing. You can't, not, you can't stand at the Grand Canyon and be like, eh, a hole. If you do, there's something wrong with you, and we need to talk, go through therapy, something. I don't know. You go to the Grand Canyon, and you're just like, wow, God is amazing. But the truth is, just like Eric said, standing here this morning, looking out and seeing us worship together. You are his image bearers. And you are way more intricate, detailed, designed with more intention than a giant hole in the ground. You are from him, not from dirt, not from the air, not from his creation. You are from him. Make sense? And this morning, if that's something you wrestle with, if you don't know your place, if you feel self-hatred, self-loathing, shame, guilt, this morning I want to tell you, you are from his very essence. You were created out of him and you must know that. You must know that. But secondly, I ask, do you see that same value in other human life as well? Do you see that same value in the broken, the oppressed, the hurting, the marginalized, the ostracized, do you see that he is in them as well? Whether they believe what you believe or not, whether they stand for the same political party or the same whatever country, I, we love making rivals of everybody, right? Don't we? As a, we love competition. But do we see through the eyes of creation that says, we as mankind were created in his image to glorify him, to be fruitful and have dominion together. Do you see that person that you disagree with in that same way? This morning, I want to... All right, let me say something. I, this next portion of my message, which I'll try to make short. No, I'm kidding. Let me explain. It might offend you, okay? This morning, I am okay with saying some offensive things here. If all of human, humankind is made in his image, we have to respond to racism. We have to respond to it. Let me say something. Black lives do matter. Black lives matter. And today, if that's the issue that we have to address, 
then let's address it. I'm not saying that we join an organization. You don't have to agree with tactics of the quote-unquote Black Lives Matter, but you do have to agree that life matters. And I have to partner when I see injustice, I speak out against injustice. Let me say this, the answer to racism is not racism. The answer to prejudice is not more prejudice. So what we do when we stand from behind our computer screens looking at all the junk that pops up on Facebook and all the media stuff, we're like, oh, they're just this, or that group's this, or that group's whatever. Pick your party. I don't care. The answer to racism and prejudice is not more racism and prejudice. The answer to that issue is to love those people, that individual, that group of society, and say, Father, let me see the truth of injustice. Let me see the truth of oppression, and how do I, on my side, speak out against it? Whatever that looks like. I'm not saying get a bumper sticker. I'm not saying start a Facebook page. I'm saying you figure out what it looks like for you in your world to address that issue because we are made different than the rest of society. We are made, by society I mean creation. You are made, you and I are humankind, made in the likeness of him, and so is your enemy. Jesus tells us, love your enemies. Anybody can love their friend. Love your enemies. So if you have a problem with Police officers love a police officer. If you have a problem with Black Lives Matter, love Black Lives Matter. If you have a problem with a Muslim, with homosexual community, with whatever you want to pick, pick something. Because you know, if we're really honest, we have prejudice, racism, that has somehow taken root in the way we think, and we need to ask the Holy Spirit, remove that from me. I want to love my enemies. I want to love those who I don't understand or I don't agree with. I don't, by loving somebody, let me say this, loving does not mean you agree with their behavior. Loving somebody means I love you and I want to see your well-being. I want to see God's glory reflected through you. Make sense? I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm not going to put you in a headlock. I'm not going to throw you in jail. I'm going to love you, right? We don't have to agree with tactics We don't even have to agree with behavior, but we do have to love and speak out. We do have to. We have to be honest. Racism's real in America. Prejudice is real in America. Now, here's the response that I would say to that, right? Is America... Okay, so um, I'm reading this book. I I just read this book. Uh, called East of Eden. And in it, he talks about how in, in California where they're raising crops, people are only victims of the moment. So when the fields are ripe and everything's good and the weather's beautiful, that valley is the best valley they've ever experienced. But when it's drought time, which happens every few years, they hate their land. Like this is the worst place on earth, right? And then when the sun's back out and the, and the ground's growing again, they're like, oh, this is the best place on earth. We are, as a society, we are that. We're like, oh, this, this is the worst we've ever seen. Look at the storms. Look at the racism. Look at the whatever. The truth is, I'm glad I live today and not 150 years ago, right? We've progressed, right, as a culture. But the response to saying, hey, we're better now than we were then is not to say, well, we're just going to do nothing now. Yeah. I want a better future for tomorrow than I have currently right now. My responsibility as his ambassador is to bring the kingdom of heaven, to bring the image of God into this situation that I'm currently facing and let God's glory be displayed. So those who are hurting, oppressed, victimized, whatever, are set free. 
some of you guys have already tapped out. Like, this is, like, not the... The truth is, I don't preach political stuff like ever, but I want you to hear the heart of the Father is for us to be actively engaged in issues of today. Not bystanders, not neglectful, not wasteful, not angry. We have to be actively seeking justice. Seek justice for every race, for both genders, for the old, the aging, and the unborn. We should speak the truth about humankind. And let me say this. Don't just jump on Facebook and rant and rave. Everybody all of a sudden has Facebook courage. Facebook courage is not courage, all right? Let me just say that. Everybody can post on there something ridiculous. I want I want this morning, this is a different message than I normally preach, but I want to say this. If you know you're made in the image of God and so is the rest of humankind, if we're made to have dominion over the earth, to steward the earth, to love the earth, and to love and reflect him, the heart of the Father, to the rest of humankind, then we have to find ways to stand up for the hurting of the oppressed, for those who can't defend themselves. There's a couple, maybe I can give you some real practical ones. There's, there's an organization called A21. They're amazing. And they have been setting people, men and women, free from sex slavery and trafficking all across the world. That issue is real. We can't stand by and say it doesn't exist. And so if God puts it on your heart, engage in it. I got this in the mail this week. It's called Walk for Life. It's an organization in this area that tries to meet with mothers and convince them to have their children and to bring life. And this raises funds for them. There's a ton of different activist groups. There's a ton of different things. The Lord knows what you deal with. But if you encounter something, if you go to work and somebody's telling a sexist or racist joke, where are you in that conversation? Are you an ambassador of heaven or are you a bystander on earth? That's what I want to ask this morning. Are you an ambassador of him, of his glory, defending his, his image on the earth? Or are you just a bystander? Let me say this. If you have been, I'm so thankful for this. If you have been somebody who's either been actively racist, homophobic, or dealt with abortion, dealt with any kind of, any of these issues that we talked about in brief this morning, I'm so thankful that grace exists and his forgiveness is good. I'm very thankful that the greatest example of the kingdom of God in the New Testament is a man named Paul who killed Christians regularly. And God says, I forgive you. I want to use you as the greatest Christian the world has ever seen. I'm very thankful for that. This tells me that I can look at my own issues of where I've been sexist, racist, prejudiced, prideful, neglectful, or victimized anything. And I could say, thank you, God, you've forgiven me. Now help me to be your ambassador on the earth. Make sense? That's the truth of the gospel. It transforms us so that others can be transformed with life as well. The gospel, what we believe, the foundations of a Christian faith are not just factual knowledge, but they are things that apply in everyday life. You and I encounter all these things on a regular basis. Let's love people. We don't fight racism or sexism with weapons or anger. We fight with love on display. What if, let me say this, I'm closing. Worship team, if you want to come forward. 
Let me ask you one question. What if Christians were known as the voice of justice, the voice of love, and the voice of biblical truth rather than a bunch of opinionated, self-righteous, grumpy old men and women? What if Christians were viewed because of their amount of love for an issue or for a group of people? I'm so saddened to see what's taken place in the South over the last few months. I'm so saddened to what I see Christians responding with on their Facebook and Twitter feeds or whatever. I'm so saddened when I see Christians in anger responding even to over the elections. That has been a huge issue. I remember this last fall. It wasn't that long ago. And I have people who vote for both sides in this church. And I'm thankful that as a whole we respond to each other in love. What I see in Scripture is that we are to pray for our leaders. I recognize that the man in office, Donald Trump, is a man in office. And he has the option to fail miserably and do evil things or to succeed greatly and do great righteous things. Your job and my job is to pray and intercede on his behalf. That's the response of a Christian. That's the response in any situation that we disagree with. Let's pray, intercede, speak truth. Pray, intercede, speak truth. Love, love, love. That's the Christian response. You guys still with me this morning? If we can stand. I know this is a different message than normal, but it's really where the Lord has led us. I would love a city lights. The truth is you can't get involved in every group of activism in the world. There's a thousand of them. But we should be involved. We should be a voice that brings life change, that helps the broken. Amen? You guys agree with that? I want you to remember this morning and as you leave, you're made for his glory. You were made for his glory. Know that you were made in his image and for his glory. Know that. And then display his image. Display his goodness. Display his love. Be fruitful and multiply. I pray that this next generation looks better than this generation. In our grasp of grace and our display of love. I pray that my kids display what's coming out of me right now better than I ever do. Make sense? I pray that the next generation of Christians get it deeper than what we currently get now. Be fruitful and multiply. Let love come out of you and change your world. Amen? We're going to sing for just a moment, but I want to encourage you with those thoughts this morning. You have to examine your own heart, know where you're at in reflecting his image and knowing who you are in him. Let's worship.